2 as well as the book of Acts in chapter 2. Book of Hebrews chapter 2 and book of Acts chapter 2. Tonight what I want to get across on our heart is, is the writer of Hebrews. And this is commonly attributed to Paul. We don't know who wrote it. That's a trick question that everybody asks. Who wrote Hebrews? We don't know. We assume, or I assume, uh, several others do as well, that because of the uh, the language that's used, because of the, the writing style that is used, uh, it is very, very close. It is very similar to the letters that Paul wrote. Uh, so even though he did not sign this, even though really we don't know where it comes from, uh, we compare it a lot to the, the writings that Paul had just because of the way that it's written. But the writer of Hebrews is irrelevant whenever it comes to God's Word. Even though a, a man penned it down, the words come from God. And whenever we begin to read these, we, we have to understand that. that. That every preacher that you listen to may have a different style of preaching. And not everybody is going to compare things to Krispy Kreme donuts and waffles the way that I do. People are going to use different examples, right? But whenever it comes to preachers and preaching styles, I hope and pray that all the messages come from the same place. And different places, different people wrote down the different books of the Bible. But all the words came from the same place. Hebrews chapter number 2, verse number 1. Hebrews chapter number 2, verse number 1. says, Therefore, we ought to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Read that one more time. Therefore, we ought to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Back in the days of the Bible, and especially in the Old Testament, everybody did not have a copy of the Bible. Everybody didn't have it. What did Ezra do in his day? He stood up and he declared the word of the Lord to the people. He stood up and he read out of those books. Everybody didn't have access to those books. Everybody didn't have access to to what was written down to to the books of the law. Everybody didn't know it. And and today, even some religions still don't allow people to have Bibles because they stand up and and they read it. They stand up and declare it. And and whenever this this writer is talking about the things which we have heard, he's referring to the Word of God. And so tonight, I want to look at three very important things, and and the first of which kind of goes along with all of them is pay attention. Pay attention. Give more earnest heed. The word heed means to give notice or attention to. When the Bible says take heed, that means hey, look here. Eyes on me. Everybody look. Pay attention. Focus. You need to know this. This is important. How come stop signs are red? Pay attention. You don't miss red unless you're colorblind. Most people don't miss red. They're octagon. They're, they're, they're big. They're reflective. So people don't miss them. Take heed. The writer of Hebrews here, he said, we ought to give more earnest heed. We have a great privilege today in that each and every one of us has at least one Bible. If you don't see me after church, we'll hook you up. Most of us have more than one Bible. Most of us have Bibles in different places. We may have one in the vehicle. We probably got one in, in, in our bedroom or study or living room or kitchen or on the front porch, wherever it may be. And, and then we probably have one on an electronic device somewhere, on our phone, iPad, whatever it is you may have. We have access to the Bible in various places. We have access to the Bible everywhere we go. I downloaded it on my iPhone. I can have zero service, no Wi-Fi anywhere, and it's still there. It is still there. I can be in the middle of nowhere. Still have access to the Bible. I have a paper copy of the Bible. I have one right here. 
I have five or six of those little gift Bibles in the center console of my truck. They're still wrapped in plastic. I try to give them away when I have the opportunity. Now, I've got a little bitty, well, it was Papa Clyde's, but it's a pocket Bible. It's a full New Testament, Old Testament that'll fit inside the pocket of a coat. It's like that long. But it's tall and skinny. And it was, it was what he carried with him in places that he, he really needed his hands and just wanted to stick a Bible in his pocket. And it, it's very convenient. It, it makes a lot of sense to tote it around and then carry it in places where you need your hands. But the point is, I have Bibles everywhere, and we take that for granted because we may have Bibles everywhere, but we don't read them the way we should. We may have access to them all the time, but we don't read them the way that we should. There's a lot of missionaries that go into foreign countries, and Brother Wayne Anderson, whenever he came and then gave his mission report, he, uh, he, he said that one of the most valued things down there is not gold. It is written literature. It is a Bible, and these, uh, the Ketchy Indians is, is one group that he is uh, trying to reach. And one thing that they have never had up until the last several years has been a Bible in their own language. And they said that's the most important thing to these people. They'll walk for miles. They care. Several times in the, in the Old Testament, you read of men of God standing up and preaching for hours and hours and hours. And from, from, from sun up to sun down. And if I was up here for more than 30 minutes, some of y'all begin to walk out. And yet, they listen for hours and hours and hours. And we take those for granted. They paid attention. No doubt they hung on every word. Have you ever heard somebody talk that was so interesting that, that you remembered everything that they said? That whenever they got finished, that, that you near about had total recall of that message, of that speech. Of We do it with songs. We can remember songs. But do we remember whenever we read the Word of God, do we remember what we're reading? Is that important enough to us for it to sink in? And I know a lot of times these are hard questions, but it's, it's questions that we need to ask. Because if these words don't sink in, if we don't value them enough to pay attention, then what does that say about our walk with God? We have a great privilege in that this Word is written in our language and yet we neglect it. We'll read everything else. But we're not going to read the book of Hebrews. We'll read anything else, but we're going to stay out of the Old Testament. That's hard language to read. We're going to read everything else, but we're going to stay out of Song of Solomon. That's just weird. We're going to read everything else, but Isaiah is too deep. We're going to watch, wait for the movie to come out. Ain't no movie on Revelation. Give it time. You'll see it. read this verse one more time and said therefore we ought to our duty our duty as Christians is to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard to give more earnest heed to the Bible to pay more attention to the Bible I think it was in Sunday school this morning but they said that, that other people can pick up this Bible and, and read this Bible and memorize this Bible and know everything there is to know about these black words on these right white pages and still miss Jesus and go to hell it's not about how much of the Bible that you've memorized but after you're saved, it is our duty to give earnest heed, to pay attention, to read, to study, to recall, to remember, to spend time in God's Word. That is our job. That is our duty. You know what happened to me when I got out of college? I had all these books that I, that I needed, that I had to have. And the first one, and if, if you or somebody you knows in the teaching industry, ask them about the first days of school by Wong and Wong. 
They'll know it. Everybody knows that book. It is the most awfulest, useless book, but everybody uses it because they said it's awesome. It's not. But you always got to buy it. I must have had three copies of it because every class had to have that book. Had to have that book. You know how many times I've opened that book since I've graduated? I can't tell you where that book's at. I think I may have burned it. I, I don't remember. It's, it's, it's gone. I hadn't cracked it yet. When I graduated, I was done with that book. Whenever we are saved, we should be done with our old life and that should be the time that we dive into our Bible. That should be the time that, that we just getting started. Instead, whenever somebody gets saved, we'll see them read and we'll see them pay attention for a couple of weeks and then they'll stop. We'll see them show up at church for a little while and then they'll stop. We'll see them living for God for a little while and then they'll stop. And there's a man by the name of Paul Washer. Uh, Brother Paul Washer, he was a pastor back in the... I'm going to use a phrase, don't get mad at me for it. But in the late 1900s, when I was born, he was preaching all over the world in jungles and deserts, South America mainly. And he came up in the, in the late 1990s to preach at the Southern Baptist Convention. If you have an opportunity to go listen to that message, it's, it's really neat. And I believe with all my heart that the man was used of God to preach to those people that day. But he made the statement. He said, for what I'm going to tell you tonight, I'll never be asked back. They'll never have me back at this convention. Matter of fact, they may run me off the stage before I get finished. He said, they'll never have me back. He said, I'm going to make you mad. I'm going to make you furious. I'm going to fire you up and I'm going to make you hate me. Because I'm going to tell you the truth. <coughs> and he commenced and, and his message is a little over an hour long he commenced to preach and he preached along the lines of if you don't bear fruit you're not saved and I can't tell somebody that they're saved I can't tell somebody they're not saved but if the love for the church is not there there's no fruit are they really saved if the love for God is not there, where's the fruit? Are they saved? There's a lot of people that's going to open their eyes in hell and they're going to say, didn't I say a prayer one time? They're going to open their eyes in hell and say, that, that man told me that I was saved, I was good. They're going to open their eyes in hell and say, I thought I had it. I thought I was there. I, I, I thought that I... Our salvation is not a thinking salvation. Our salvation is a knowing salvation. And the Bible says, and, and the main point of his message is that, that we can know we're saved. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. But the Bible also says that if we are His, if we are His, then we will bear good fruit. And if we're not bearing fruit, we have something to evaluate. Part of that bearing fruit it's like that song that Brother Trent led. I want to know more about my Lord. How do you get to know more about somebody? Most of you, I did not know before I came to Harmony. I could have walked by you in the dollar store and I wouldn't have known you. And I knew y'all. And I knew a little bit about Brother Randy and Brother Corey and them. And I knew Brother Steve and all them. But most of you over here, I didn't, I didn't know who you was. Brother Ed, I could have walked right by you in Walmart and I wouldn't. 
I just walked on by. Had no idea who you was, but how do you get to know somebody? How do you, you really get to know them and know something about them? If I never talk to you, I ain't going to get to know you. Not only that, if I don't listen to you, I'm not going to get to know you. It's not going to happen. Period. If we don't have a conversation, if we don't communicate, if we don't invest in one another, then I'll never get to know you and you'll never get to know me. So how do we get to know God? How do we want to know more about our Lord? The song says, I want to know more, right? How do we, how do we get to know more? We take heed to that which we have heard. We take more earnest heed. We pay closer attention. You ever read the same verse a couple of times and God shows you something a little different every time? You love it when that happens. God reminds us just how dumb we really are. We can skim through the same verse. We can read the same verse. We can, and I mean, we can show enough study out a particular chapter or a book in the Bible and then God will go back and say, hey, look, you never, you never noticed this before. <laughs> so I slapped in the back of the head. Hey, humble yourself. You ain't there yet. But our duty, our job, is to get to know, get to know God more. Take heed to the words that He's given us. Pay attention to the opportunities. Pay attention to what He has provided for us. Acts in chapter number 2. Verse number 40. And with many other words did He testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this unforgiveness generation. Then they that gladly received His word were baptized. And the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. They that gladly received His word. Now a lot of times we'll relate and we talked this morning about memories. We'll relate good memories to things that happen. And we'll try to and that's how we remember things is we relate it to either good or bad. And a lot of times if, if we can't remember exactly what happened we'll, we'll make something up. And we'll get it in our head that this is the way it happened. But we'll create false memories. We'll create something. But if you gladly receive God's Word. If you gladly receive Christ, it's not a feeling. There's a feeling attached to it. But the feeling, you've seen the airplanes fly through the cloud and they leave that little streak. That feeling is a streak. Salvation is the plan. Salvation is something that actually happens. That feeling is a byproduct. The feeling can fade. Salvation can't. The joy that comes in our salvation can't. The permanence it, it don't go away. It don't slow down. It, it, it. I don't know very many people that did not have that up and down after salvation. I don't. I had several of them. I, I, if I'd have been a train, I'd have been in trouble. I had several up and downs after salvation. Man, I, I'd, I'd be on fire and, and, and I'd just invite everybody to church and, and I'd want to have a Bible study and then we'd try to get people together and then we'd get discouraged and we'd go down here. Like, oh well. Oh well, I'll just do me. God, you, you, want, you, want, you want this to happen? You want this to happen? You've got to help me out. And then, and then something will happen. And we'll get encouraged. And we'll get back in God's Word. And then up and down and up and down. We'll, 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 we'll get saved. And we're, we're on fire for God. And then it kind of peaks out. And it ain't long whenever it peaks out, it starts going back down. And we'll go up and down. That, that happens. That happens to most everybody I've ever known. I don't know very many people that didn't reach that point after salvation that they say, what's, what, what's next? 
What's next? Do I just sit in church every Sunday? If all we do is sit in church, we're missing something. If all we ever do is, is read our Bible, we're missing something. That's not what it's all about. It's more than that. It's deeper than that. It is earnestly giving heed. It is paying attention. It is gladly receiving not only salvation, but gladly receiving God's Word every time we read it. I used to read books like crazy when I was a kid. I read so many books. I could near about recite Tom Sawyer and Hook Finn to you as my favorite two books. The book Hatchet, I love that book. My Side of the Mountain was one of my favorite books. I loved outdoor books. And I could near about recite them. I would read those books. I would read those books. And it, I love reading it for the content, not for the sake of reading. Do we do that with the Bible? Do we love reading with the content? Or, or would we rather read with a Carl Dead Saint? Because this is a better book. We used to read world books at my grandma's house because that's the only books that she had. That and Louis L'Amour. I wasn't old enough for Louis L'Amour. So we'd opened up the world books and we commenced to reading the world books. The Bible is more interesting than the world book. The Bible is more interesting than Louis L'Amour. The Bible is more interesting than Shadow Riders. Way better content. A lot deeper. But do we pay attention to the Bible the way we pay attention to other books? Do we give heed to it? The Bible says that we ought to give more earnest heed. And the last thing in chapter 2, verse 1, is there's always a danger. Is anything that you have can at some time, a point in time. Well, let's read it. Therefore, we ought to give more earnest heed. It is our duty to pay attention to the things which we have heard God's Word, lest at any time we should let them slip. What happens whenever you don't use something? You lose it. We was talking at lunch today. Me and Emily has moved four times or five times. I don't remember. We've moved several times. I moved from a dairy barn in college to a house in Pine. I moved from a house in Pine to a house in Bush. I moved from a house in Bush to a trailer on Sydney Kent Road. I moved from a trailer on Sydney Kent Road to a, a house that we had to get to in Hyden. And then from a house in Hyden to my, my house that we just moved into, I've moved five times. Every time we move, we lose something else. Every time we lose it. This time we have lost our silverware. We have no idea where it's at. I've eaten cereal the last three days with Bailey's spoon, the little munchkin spoons. It is so hard to get a handful of cereal with them little bitty spoons. We always lose something. We always let it slip away because moving from place to place, if you're not actively using it, you're actively losing it. If you're not actively using it, you're actively losing it. That's the truth. Everything. Anybody still remember what a mitochondria does? What is it? Powerhouse of the cell. How many people knew that? I know you do. Yeah, I know you do. Brother Robbie was over there shaking his head. He remembers what it is. The mitochondria of the cell, the only thing that we remember out of biology class. How many times in your life are you going to use that? None. It's not going to happen. So what happens whenever you learn it, you know it for that year, you remember it for your final exam, and then you forget about it because you're not going to use it. Whenever we do not use what we have read, whenever we do not use what we have studied, whenever we do not use the Word of God, what happens to it? We lose it. We don't remember it like we used to. We don't remember where this is. We don't remember what this says. We don't remember the Word of God. He said pay attention to it. Give heed to it. Look. Listen. Lest at any time we should let them, the words which we have heard, 
lest at any time we should let them slip away. It is very, very easy to let the Word of God slip away. Very easy. You may think it's not, but it is. It's a lot easier than we think it is. How easy is it to get distracted and not read your Bible one day? That song, and I know I keep going back to that song. I love that song, Excuses. We use them every day and the devil will supply them. If from church we'll stay away. That's not only true with church. That's true with witnessing. That's true with testifying. That's true with praising God. That's true with showing up. That's true to reading your Bible. That's true to praying. We have every excuse in the world not to. But God wants us to give Him an excuse to. We have every reason not to read our Bible. It sounds weird, but we do. We have every reason not to. I don't like to read. My eyes hurt. My head hurts. The writing's too little. The writing's too big. The words are weird. It's hard to get through. I don't know where to begin. It's a big Bible. I have so much else to do. The dishes are piling up. The floors ain't mopped. The grass ain't cut. We have every reason not to. But God said to give heed. Pay attention. Lest they should slip away. I'm not saying that the, that the dishes will wash themselves. But I do believe that if we give God our time first, the dishes will be easier to wash. And you're not going to convince me otherwise. I believe that if we give God our time first, that grass is going to be easier to cut. Even if it's behaved grass. I believe that if we give God our time first, that everything else that we do after, He will bless. He said to give it to Him. Take heed. Pay attention. It is something we ought to do. It is our duty. It is our privilege. And if we don't, we are in danger of it slipping away. My prayer today is that we could all value God's Word more. That we could pay attention to God's Word more. That it wouldn't be a, a, a book, a, a weight that we carry to church with us. But it's something that we open every day. But it's something that we value every day. It's something that we pay attention to every day. That we definitely, under no way, shape, form, or fashion, that we definitely would not let it slip away. Well, we have a verse